Welcome to another episode of Sharings with Shama. I am super happy that you uh, tune in and want to listen to what I have to say. And I want to say once again that there's nothing scientific going on here. It's just me sharing my own experiences and learnings and insights. And sometimes I also question things or I'm just venting things that is going on or happening in my life because I know that if something is happening in my life, it's happening in other people's lives too. And you can be certain that if I share a topic, it's because I have a lot of experience in it, uh, life experience. Um, I may also have done some healing or it's a topic that is actually burning for me. That is something that is ongoing right now at this moment. And I feel it's a good point to, to ventilate and share about it. Okay, so today I woke up. It uh, has come, become a routine that it's early Stockholm morning. My dog Henry, he is like whining outside my door, which means that when he does that, he needs to go out now. It's no delay, you know, you just jump straight out of bed, you wake up, jump into your, your boots and your jacket, and then you race out with the dog. And it can be three o'clock in the night, and it can be five. This morning was seven, so I'm very, very lucky. Okay, and I decided I want to share with you about fear. And fear, I think that fear is what runs most of our lives on the dysfunctional side. I would say that for me, every dysfunctional behavior that I have um, is run by fear. Now, these days, I often think to myself, is this loving or is am I fearful now? What's the energy behind this reaction or this decision? Where are you coming from right now? And 100% of the time, if the decision or action is very, very uh, reactive or harsh or I have a lot of emotions, I know it's always driven by fear. And um, I read this amazing book and in this book we learn, it's actually teaching um, in this book, we learn that there are only two emotions in life, actually, and it's love and fear. Those are the only drives. Something is either loving or it's fear. And the differences between them is that the love comes from God or the universe and the fear is ego-based. And on the side of the ego, you have illusion, you have fear, you have guilt, you have sin, you have anxiety, you have worry, you have everything is happening on the ego side. And on the, the divine side or the essential side of us, there is love, there is peace, there is freedom, there is truth, you know, all the feelings, you know, everything that we really uh, you know, melt into when, when, when it brings out our essence, we feel at home. 
When we are at peace, we feel at home with everything. We feel like this is my place to be, even if it's in, you know, at the supermarket or, you know, at, at the war zone. If we can feel at peace at the war zone, we know that there's something in me that is actually love-driven or uh, I am in touch with the divine aspect of life or myself. And I can say that I worked... I worked a lot with this because I'm so uh, fear-driven. I have been driven by fear my whole life. I mean, what causes anxiety in the first place? Fear. Often the first fear that we encounter is the fear of not being loved, of being left, abandoned. Um, in my case, of not being welcome. And that fear tends to run our whole life whenever we come into a situation when we are uh, question, questioning if we are loved or welcome or we risk losing someone. The fear kicks in and the fear, that fear that kind of stems from the original wound, the original traumas, that fear can be massive and it can be massive and super uh, unconscious. I would say that often, I, in my case, for like 42 years, 40, uh, 40 years, my fear was totally hidden from me. It was, it was the blindest side ever. I thought I, that I had like a twisted personality. I thought that I was socially introvert. I thought that I was the most insecure person. You know, I thought it was a personality trait, everything that I was... Uh, was because of who I, I was. I felt like I was the biggest error on the planet. And why was I born like this? And I've come to realize that everything that shaped my personality has the underlying uh, fear as a drive behind. So what shaped my personality was trying to avoid fear most of the time. To not be scared shit in situation and of people and of being abandoned and, you know, essentially the basic fear that we have is that we're going to die. And I think that if we can overcome that fear, then a big, big, big step of our healing process has happened. And uh, what does fear do to us? And why do I want to share about this? Uh, well, fear, I would say that fear is like any other addiction, actually. Because fear is, in a way, addicted, addictive, that it kind of runs us like alcohol or drugs do. We are in no control of it unless we work on it and take action. And I would say that fear, what it does to us, it really, really breaks us down. It kind of shapes our personality to become, uh, we can become suspicious. We can become, you know, avoiding. Uh, we can become uh, liars. We can become abusive. We can become fearful to other people. You know, we can become super, super insecure and victims. We can, you know, it can run our lives, so it shapes our personality so much 
that we become nervous wrecks, that we are diagnosed with uh, disorders. We can become both physically ill and mentally ill because of fear. Because as I see it, fear is behind every anxious feeling, every worry, uh, every dysfunctional relationship, every avoiding behavior. And uh, so fear does a lot of bad to us. It really twists our personality and shapes us in a way we're not supposed to be. Fearful people can be victims and fearful people can be terrorists and uh, abusive. So it takes fear takes us to both sides of the spectrum depending on what trauma shapes the fear. And it's also the case that fear with with any, you know, circumstance in our life it's repetitive. So if you are abandoned as a child, you're super you're so afraid that people will leave you, which means that you unconsciously enter situations with people who are not not reliable, which means they're going to leave you, which means you're going to become more fearful, which means that you're going to avoid relationships or you're going to choose even more dysfunctional people to just confirm that they're going to leave you. And it's like a vicious circle that becomes our life. And I feel it's so important to look at this, to really see what does fear do to us? How does it shape our life? Uh, If I look back on my life, I can see that the fear of losing someone I love, which I know I share with most of you, the, uh, the fear, I lost my father when I was three, then he died in cancer, and then I lost my fiancé when I was 26, and I lost my husband when I was 40, <coughs> 40, sorry, 46. And that has kind of been my pattern, that I am so afraid of losing people. So I shape my life around that. I've chosen to not love men, but still be with them. I've chosen to be with abusive men. I've chosen to be with alcoholics. I've chosen to be with super dysfunctional guys. I have chosen to be with super fearful guys. Guys who are extremely afraid of commitment. I've chosen kind of every distortion when it comes to manly behavior. And why did I do that unconsciously? Because it rescued me, it protected me from the biggest, biggest, biggest fear of all, of loving someone. Because if I don't love someone truly, the loss of that person, it won't smash me to the ground. So I've decided this year, last year I worked a lot on this. And I worked a lot with my fear. I was for the first time... um, Able, be able to sit alone with my grief from my, my fiancé who died in the plane crash. Several occasions, because that grief and that trauma hasn't left my, my nervous system because I haven't been able to look at it, you know, straight in the eye. What did happen? How did it affect me? And how much do I still miss him? 
you know. I lost a beautiful person. I lost a person who was really, he was like my, my home, my rock, my boat, my horse. And I lost him in an instant. And that loss, it has to be processed over and over and over again until the, the volume of the emotions kind of lessen. You know, when they go down and I feel my nervous system becomes calmer and I really feel I can breathe again and I feel I can wear his watch without breaking. I can look at his picture without breaking and imagine it's 26 later, 26 years later and now I feel I have healed that experience. So what I'm saying is that we shouldn't let too long time pass between us getting afraid and emotional and the healing aspect because it's actually in the he in the feeling that the healing takes place. So if we avoid the feeling by not going into the fear then the healing is not happening. We can't heal old fear with another person. We can't heal old lost love by loving another person. We have to heal the loss with the feelings that are connected to that loss. And this may be extremely difficult, especially if you are stressed out, if, if you're an anxious person, if it shaped your personality, so you're like a little, you know, scared animal. You need professional help, you need support, and it's absolutely doable. I want to tell you that to heal fear, you know, to heal past losses and traumas, it's absolutely doable. But you got to take action, you got to do some work. So this is the next thing. Uh, what fear does to us, it shapes our personality so we become a distorted version of ourselves. And we try to avoid fear or we go into fear with the, uh, an unconscious kind of drive and we end up more wounded and more traumatized. And then it's also the consequences of fear in other people's lives. If we don't take care, if we, I, I kind of now these days, I assume that every person I meet, especially the people I connect with, especially those of you who I feel immediately in my heart, wow, I like this person, or wow, that's my guy, or, you know, I really feel strongly about one of you, then I know that you are a traumatized child. I know that you have things in your past that makes you interesting to me. And you can think that it's sad that I attract these people, that it's sad that there is something deep, deep down that is connecting with other people that are on the same kind of level or situation but I I see it as a gift I see it as a blessing I know that if a guy loves me if he just like wow I love you and if he does it instantly then I know he has a lot of luggage you know he has a lot of past things and that person I know it's a person who has a lot of depth I know it's a person with a lot of experience 
And I know it's a person with a really, really big heart and great capacity to become a good person. Because if you went through a lot, a lot, a lot, and you're still here, it means that the whole world is waiting for you to wake up. If you would be dead, it would be a totally different story. But if you have been through a lot and you are still here, the whole universe is waiting for you to wake up to your excellence. I know it. How do I know it? Whenever I know I say something that is really, really true, I get goosebumps and I get that right now. So, therefore, I really, really am attracted to people who are not, you know, perfect and functional and behaving in a really good way because I recognize them and I see their potential and I see our potential together, what we can achieve with all this life experience. Okay, I want to come back to the consequences of fear, of our fear in other people's lives. I spoke uh, before, I spoke about alcohol and the effect of alcoholism in other people's lives. And they say that at least 10 people in the circus are 10 people, one alcoholic, 10 people are suffering the consequences. And I would say, I think that is not enough. I think that is like an old, I don't even know how they research those statistics, but I would say that fear, if we are fearful, if we are ridden and driven by fear in our behavior, we affect more or less everybody close to us. Our children get their fair share of it, of course, because they are our closest ones. Our spouse or partner gets the most, most likely, because that's the person we take it out on. That's the person we treat bad. That's the person we are terrified to, is going to leave us, so we keep them in a prison. That's the person we guilt trip. That's the person we kind of force to do things for us, for us to, to feel better. That's the person we manipulate, that we kind of push back and forth to make us feel safe. So we have the kids, we have the spouse or the partner, then we have the friends also. Uh, how many of you recognize the feeling that you feel low, that you feel anxious, that you feel something, and you feel, I have no friends, or I need to call a friend now, and you call someone, but you call that person out of a, a totally different uh, agenda. You have a hidden agenda that you want to be invited to a party you know they're having or you have a hidden agenda you want to take a walk with them because you need to vent something or you know we use our friends. I use my friends uh, when I feel low or bad. I know I, I know I have friends that I can for sure call when my life breaks down but the thing is I don't want my life to break down. I don't want to use my friends because my life breaks down. I want to enjoy my friends and I want my friends to be happy and enjoy my company. So for me, this is also one aspect of it. I don't want to use my, my, you know, my fearfulness to use other people to comfort me. I want to be able to comfort myself. So we use our partner or uh, we use our kids. Uh, I know many, many, especially, no, no, 
I wouldn't say especially women, absolutely not. I know many, many men who use their kids as comfort to not be alone, you know. Um, after a separation, they, you know, become super, they hate being alone. And uh, to have the kids um, is better. So you bribe your kids to be with you, you buy them stuff, you buy them trips or... You know, there's always something happening for you not to be alone. You always had the children. The children is a really great excuse to not look on your fear. And um, I would say there are so many consequences in relationships. This is a big one. I find that fear is the biggest drive in relationships. I'm sorry to say that it's not love. What we feel and think of as love most likely isn't. Because we have society says that we should not be alone. We should be with a partner. And if we're not, we're kind of a failure. Uh, if someone leaves us, we immediately want to replace that person with a new one. The way social media, uh, the, the dating apps like Tinder and so on, th what they do to us, to our, <laughs> what shall I say, to our loving side, I think it's devastating. I think that we push love down in favor of fear when it comes to relationships. We want to meet that person. We don't want to be alone. Uh, we prostitute ourselves. Uh, we have sex with random guys, even though we don't want to or know them. Um, it's really like we are too too fast to enter a relationship. And uh, we settle for so much less than what we are worth because of fear. And uh, to me, this is this is kind of always an ongoing topic in my life um, because of different things. I, I always meet men, you know, as I said before, I always meet men with a, with a trauma, traumatic past. And it's not, I don't know, it's like with my children. I asked once, I asked God, why, how come you trusted me with those kids, four of them? How come you trusted me? And uh, he answered, because I, yeah, because I trust you. you. You can handle those. You can handle them. I trust you. And I'm like, okay, I, I got it, but I don't get it. But I understand what you're saying. And I feel the same with the, the men that God kind of drops down into my, my, my life. Because I don't get the, the semi traumatized ones you know I get the, the the hardest ones the biggest challenges and and before I used to feel like wow I need to rescue them I need to fix them I need to really make this work because I was so afraid of loss and these days I look at the situation I see oh this is going totally bad you know it's just a few weeks in and I already see red flags and and I'm like, God, why did you put this person in my life? But I already know the answer because I haven't learned the lesson yet. I haven't learned to say no as hard and fast as God wants me to. I haven't learned to make me my 
second priority just yet. So I'm still working on that and I feel I'm doing a lot of progress. This creates a lot of fear in me because I still have this I'm going to lose daddy feeling. And I think that in relationships, that's where our fear is triggered the most because of this wound that almost everyone has. Because, you know, when we were tiny and we were feeling things, our parents didn't support us. When we got angry, when we got sad, we were most often not met in those feelings and held. And, you know, it was never okay to have those feelings. And when we enter a loving relationship... All these feelings, all these emotions comes and they just throw you, flip you over and you feel like, I'm going to die. I need to be with this person or I'm going to die. But the truth is that a person leaving you is not going to kill you. It's what you do to yourself that is going to kill you. And trust me, I'm a person who tried to commit suicide three times because of loss of love. And I know this is not the way. That is not what God intended. That was not why this happened. It happened for me to grow. And it took a very, very long time for me to get here to understand that every challenge, every lesson is an opportunity. And I take it on. I'm like, now I feel like a warrior on a horse. Like, really? Okay. Hello, fear. I'm going. Just tell me where to go. Or let's just go into the dark. And we do it. And I process my feelings with what's happening right now, what's going on right now. And often those feelings that is going on right now trigger feelings from the past and past grievances and losses enter and makes the present feeling and moment much, much worse. And I sit with that too because I have developed a capacity to, to sit with it myself. I don't need therapy at the moment, I should say. So I take little doses of fear whenever they come and I sit with them and process them and I take super, super good care of myself. This is also something that fear makes us drop ourselves to the floor and walk away. Fear does not make us supporters of ourselves because fear triggers the feeling of uh, intense loss and of us being losers. Fear has nothing to do with, what shall I say, our essence or us being something. Fear is just, to me, fear is a trigger I mean, there is this danger aspect, and that is absolutely not what we're talking about. We're not talking about being raped or being, you know, at the gunpoint or uh, being robbed or something. We're not talking about that kind of fear. We're talking about the underlying fear that gives us anxiety and worry and that makes us uh, go into addictive behavior or makes us use people for our own pleasure uh, I mean, behind every addiction, if it's sex and love addiction, 100% sure there is fear driving that. When it comes to alcohol, uh, before it becomes chemical, you know, a dependency, there is fear creating anxiety, making you drink. It's the same with drugs, you know. 
I don't know how many people who have said that they took their first uh, cigarette, they began to smoke to impress the group or to be part of the group. Group pressure, it's, it's a kind of fear, you know, afraid of not belonging, afraid of not being welcome and loved. So if we look at this, if what I say is true, that things are either, it's either fear or love. Where are you at in your life? What in your life is healthy and based on true love? And what in your life is not so healthy and based on fear? It could be work, that you are in a work situation, you stay there even though you're not happy, it's not fulfilling for you. It could be a relationship, you stay because you don't want to be left alone. It could be a relationship with your children or your parents, that you have a dysfunctional relationship with the ones close to you because you are afraid that if you say what you actually feel, if you're being truthful about your feelings, they will break up with you. It could be friendships, the same there, that you don't admit your true feelings, you're not authentic because you're afraid you're going to be left alone. So any situation where you feel you compromise is driven by fear. Every situation where you are not happy is driven by fear. So every more or less uncomfortable feeling we have, did I do this right? What if they don't like me? Oh, please, please, dear God, make this man love me. Please, 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 please. You know, that is not love. Love has a quality of freedom and peace and joy and happiness in it. So, how do we kind of, how, how do we change this? How do we change our life to go from a fearful, you know, fear-driven lifestyle to a love-driven lifestyle? Well, first of all, this is the basis, you know, basic, basic, basic thing in everything I talk about. You have to go back to the roots. You have to realize that you have a problem. Nothing can be changed or solved unless you realize that you have a problem. You know, it, it may not even be that you know what the problem is, but if your life isn't functioning, you know, if you're not at peace, if you don't feel free, happy and joyful, something in your life is not functioning. There can be many aspects in your life that are working and there could be a big chunk of your life that is not working. And to me, I no longer settle for compromises. I want the whole, you know, I want everything to be fulfilling and working. And I want my life to be just like splendid from now on. So I know I need to really go head on. You know, I really need to go and look at fear. And look at fear in different aspects of my life. And 
I've done quite a lot of therapy during my years. I've also studied, uh, so I'm a holistic counselor. So I worked a lot. I worked with people also. And it doesn't mean that I'm kind of healed or that I know much. But I know that I want to become a good person to myself and to others. I don't want to be manipulative. I don't want to use other people. I want to be straightforward and honest and authentic in my future and present relationships. Um, which means that I need to work on my fear and I need to work on the feelings that I have that are connected to this fear. I need to work on my nervous system to make that calm down because some of the events in my life that triggered me, like when Stefan died and they came into my apartment and told me that event kind of elevated my nervous system to an uh, overwhelming level. So I need to, I need to, you know, be careful and know when am I overwhelming myself? Am I going too far now in my healing journey? Do I need to back down? You know, I need to withdraw a bit. I can't take on this session right now. And if you find a good therapist, I would say trauma healing. Trauma healing is amazing. If you, if you picture uh, an eight, the figure eight lying down, the eternity sign, a good th trauma therapist works with you that's this way. So you, first of all, you find your resources. So I would say if you want to try a little and go and sit with fear on your own, you need to first find your resources. And with resources, I mean uh, things that makes you feel good and safe and calm. And it could be for those of us who have an animal, a pet, it could be our dog. For those of us who are married and have a happy, loving relationship, it could be the partner. Uh, it could be our children. It could be a place. It could be nature. It could be ocean. It could be a tree. It could be anything. But you... Before you work with your traumas and healing of those, you need to have resources. So a good therapist will help you find those resources where you can rest. So first we build up resources. We kind of gather our emotional padding, like, okay, what do I have? What do I have that is good in my life? Okay, I have the apartment. I have the, the job. I have the dog. Wow, that's a lot already. Okay. Okay, that brings me a feeling of safety and peace. Okay, and then you kind of begin to look at the trauma and you go into it little, just little, and you begin to talk about it and then you sense how does this feel in my body. And immediately when I start to talk about, you know, when they came into my apartment, these militaries in uniforms, when they just walked straight into my apartment and overwhelmed me and my children and told me that my fiancé was dead, I immediately began to get, you know, uh, stressed in my body. And then I know, okay, my body wants to move, you know, it wants to kind of, I can't really sit still on the chair anymore, I really need to move. And then it's super important to let the body move, because 
most of the time when we are traumatized, we freeze or we run. And it depends on the situation and where we are at. But most of the time we freeze, so it's important to let the body move. And sometimes I just think of what happened a little and I get this feeling of, uh, you know, anxiety or difficulty breathing or suddenly my, my left ankle begin to hurt and I just feel like, oh, fuck, this is so hard. I'm going to go out and make myself a cup of tea now. I just need to sit in my bed and just, you know, sit with myself for a moment and just come back into my being and relax again and so trauma healing is not going you know taking on fear and trauma and just overwhelm yourself it's never about that it's like you give little doses of the trauma like remembering like feeling it in your body and so on and then you go back to your resources and you resource yourself you take a walk in nature and you know it's just enough. Just a little, little step can make a tremendous healing happen. And I would say for everyone that this resonates with, that you also have a fear-driven life, a therapy is essential. And I think it's essential to heal our wounds because if I am driven by fear, I'm going to hurt a lot of people around me because I'm going to take action you know, I'm going to take the wrong for me, wrong type of action. I'm going to use them or I'm going to scare them or I'm going to abuse them or I'm going to guilt trip them or I'm going to make them, you know, uh, jealous or envy me or, you know, I'm going to take a lot of action to just blow up my ego and feel better myself. And I don't want to do that. So I think that to work on our fear and to heal it and to become a person who is not afraid, you know, who is kind of at peace with life happening the way it does, with people coming and going, with people dying, you know, with work being on or off, with, you know, our living situation and, you know, with life being life as life is. Life is like that. You know, life is unpredictable. It's not like we're going to heal ourselves for life not to happen to us anymore. No, we are going to work with our fear and grow and heal and become more loving and, you know, become more ourselves so we can handle life in a better way. So we can take a fearful, challenging situation and turn it around into something magical. Because this is also the fact that behind every fearful situation, there is always a different truth. Because if we think about that, the fear is actually drive that is created by the ego. Behind the fear, there is a different reality that is driven by love and the divine or the universe. So... It's like life has a front side and the back side. And, you know, we keep living on the, the, the dark side of life because we're so fearful and we're so afraid that things going to go bad. And, and uh, I feel that if we can heal our wounds and if we can kind of come to a place when we're not fear of life happening to us, my biggest fear. OK, I'm going to I'm going to tell you my biggest fear. 
my biggest fear was that I would meet someone who I would love, just like I loved Stefan, who died. And then that person was going to die. So I was afraid to meet someone in the future, someone unknown to me, and that I would become so in love with him and that he was going to die. And then what happened when he died was that I committed suicide. So meeting someone to love, the result was two people dying. And that happened already in my head before I met anyone. So imagine to live a life when you have that kind of fear. And that's like the underlying kind of track. If I'm a train, that was my track, which meant that I only stopped at the stations where this was not going to happen, which meant that I avoided love for 26, 27 years easily. And when I say easily, I did it because I chose dysfunctional people to hang out with. And uh, for me, that's safe. A dysfunctional person, I know that person. That's very safe for me. I can navigate. I know why the person behaves as he or she does. I know their underlying motives and fears. You know, I've been to so many dark places. I've gotten to learn humanity. And um, I've also read so much, so many help, self-help books, uh, done so much therapy um, <laughs> and I've also studied a lot myself. So I just know that for me to navigate on the fearful side is kind of easy. And I don't want it to be, of course I want it to be easy, but I want it to be easy in an authentic way, in a good way. And I want kind of love, you know, you say love conquers all. And they also say that perfect love drives out all fear. I would say that is true. Perfect love drives out of all fear. The problem is that we don't let perfect love in. So, um, fear. What if fear isn't real? What if only love is real? And fear is perception. You know, fear is an illusion, an imagination. What if we were never hurt or harmed in the first place? You know, we can always let the past go. The past is in the past for a reason. And we don't have to hang in there. The fear of the future, I mean... This moment is all I have. I'm sitting here in my bedroom. I've lit a candle. I have a cup of tea, a glass of water. I just went out with my dogs. I'm talking to you about fear. I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen when I hang up, uh, when I stop this podcast. And to live like that, to live like that, not only... Um, when it comes to addiction, like one day at a time, but to live like that when it comes to 
to fear and to people and to to really really like work on things today without the past you know coloring us and our experiences and without the future scaring us uh, that's freedom to just have this present moment where we are together with ourselves doing our things you know trying to to grow and become better people because I'm sure that if you listen to this podcast you just as I want to become a better person to yourself and to others for me that is like the major reason why I there are two reasons why I want to become less fearful and more loving and trusting and that is first of all for myself because the feeling of anxiety and fear is really uncomfortable It's really something that I'm so done with and I hate when it comes and I really, really want to, you know, work it out and choose love instead. And the second reason is for the ones I love. I don't want my fearful being to be a hindrance or a consequence in their lives. I want to meet people in an honest, open relationship And I want to do that with everyone. So I've decided that this year, 2020, is is the year when I'm going to take action in many, many areas in my life. And I'm going to base that action out of love. I will not let fear run my life. And if I feel fearful, if I feel fear coming, if I feel anxiety coming... I'm going to take a close look at my behavior at that moment. What do I want to do now? Okay, when it comes to men, this guy is not returning my calls. He's he's super avoidance, avoiding, you know, he's this and that and so on. Okay, okay, so that's that's what's happening there. But what am I going to do about it? Is my first instinct to meet someone else? Is my first instinct to pick up the phone and say, hey, you fucking douchebag, shape up your act. Where am I going with this, you know? And I can see that nine times out of ten, it's fear that wants to kind of make me act and react and just fix the situation now. And I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to handle situations differently. And I'm going to say no much more. Because I know I say yes far too often because of fear. So I'm going to say no much more often. Um, I'm going to do some therapy. I'm going to do some trauma healing work because I still feel. I'm going to look at this PTSD situation. Because I realized that there are different kind of traumas. There is like the original wound, the fear of being lost and not being loved. And then there is this big event that happened in my life when I was 26, when my nervous system got totally, you know, ran over. And I think I need to work on that a bit to just, you know, calm myself down, become more more at home in my being, because sometimes I feel I space out, especially when I have feelings, uh, especially when I get emotional or when I get triggered by fear. I space out, I can literally feel, you know, my essence leaving my body, floating around outside, looking down, 
And I'm sure some of you recognize that also when we begin to look at ourselves from the outside. And for me, it's actually a physical sensation. I, I feel myself leaving my body and I see myself, you know, sitting in my bed or walking on the street. And so I decided that I'm going to do some therapy work also. Um, I'm going to ask for help. And I'm going to keep sharing with you um, and to see if we can grow together. I'm really excited uh, to to start to share together with you, to, to take a topic like fear, for example, and just see what has fear done to you. And I'm questioning, has fear given me any goodness? Has fear done any good for us? I mean, in therapy, they always say that, well, this behavior that you developed, you know, this side of you uh, has actually protected you from this and that. And I understand the, the mechanism about it, you know, and I still wonder what good has fear brought into my life? I can say two things, or four, four things. Okay, here they come. My children. I've, I'm sure that behind, you know, me becoming pregnant with them, they entering my life, be, me uh, to be a mother to them, and the grandmother to Lea Luna, I mean, that's divine for me. That is, fear took me into this situation that made me pregnant, but I am 100% certain that there was a divine intervention here. God gave me that, you know, because in every relationship I was when I became pregnant, it was very dysfunctional. So it was somehow a blessing if I can say that fear fear gave me the children but I would say that's the only good thing that happened to me because of fear so to choose a more loving lifestyle and to find the path of that and to question is this decision I want to make do I base it on fear or love what is my motivation you know uh, my favorite poet, Rumi, he wrote something like, don't move the way fear wants you to move, move the way love wants you to move. And I think of that all the time. Like, if love would make me take the step right now, what would love say to me? Would love say, Shama, dump the guy? Would love say, Shama, that's not a good friend? Would love say, Shama... You have to quit that job now. Or is it fear talking to me? So I would say inquiry, to inquire into your own feelings, to just begin to ask what's happening right now whenever you feel uncomfortable. What is actually going on right now? And... I encourage you to take responsibility for your fears, to 
seek therapy, you know, go into healing sessions, trauma healing, uh, develop your relationship with God or the universe, prayer. I find prayer is extremely healing. Uh, prayer is also, for me, prayer is also, the, the prayer to me is me asking God or the divine for help. Uh, sometimes it's enough to say, I don't know what to do. You know, I have also this, this um, when I feel afraid of a situation happening, then I say to myself, I don't know what anything, including this, means. So therefore, I don't know how to respond. And I w won't let my past be the light to guide me now. That also brings me peace. So whenever I speak to God, whenever I do a little praying, I gain, regain my peace. And then from peace, I can also say that if you if you are going to make a decision and you're not at peace where you're making the decision, if you feel stressed, worried, anxious or fearful, then the energy behind the decision making is not right. So really cultivate, learn how to cultivate what brings you into peace, you know. Uh, for me... I would say the the my ways is to read my book and to talk to God. That's my way to regain peace and sanity. Because fear makes us lose sanity. You know, fear is not a sane mind. Um, love makes us sane. So fear is also the drive behind insane behavior. And... I've decided to do whatever it takes to be at peace as much as possible. And I feel it's worth it. I feel during these years, especially the last three years, I feel I have become much, much closer to myself. Self-love was, was a word to me before. Now it's actually something that I can understand what it is because I feel it. Um, but I think that to cultivate, if we come from a really traumatized childhood, it's like a constant learning. <clears throat> we need to cultivate our emotional muscles. We need to work on healing and we need to have super, you know, we need to develop compassion to ourselves. And I know that there are a lot of skilled and brilliant people who can help us. Um, community is key, important to find a place where you belong and people understand what it's like to be afraid, you know. And on the other side of fear awaits something beautiful. And that is, uh, that is the connection to you, you know, to go through and pass through fear builds trust in you for yourself and it makes future decision making much, much easier. And I would say to really overcome our fears and to heal traumas from the past makes us much more reliable, stable, comfortable, nice, sweet, loving people. And the world needs that. 
if you look at the world in general, every every war, every conflict, every you know, every disaster, there's so much fear. That's fear manifesting in front of our eyes. So I feel it's crucial that we work on ourselves, that we take responsibility for our fear so we can relate to other people in a loving way, that we can be loving to ourselves. And I think in that way we can actually change, change the planet, change humanity. Yes, okay, beloved ones. I feel I'm done. If you have any questions, if you want to reach out to me, my email is shamaperson, double S, a person with double S at gmail.com. And you can email me with the subject podcast. And I will try to answer um, if you have any suggestions for future podcasts. You can also um, email me. And it's good if you use the subject podcast. And um, yeah, I wish you a beautiful day or evening or morning, wherever you are at. And I hope to see you soon again. Okay, peace.